Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nichols. And today on the show, we are joined by Hamish Frizzell from Service Land Surveyors. You'll recall a couple of weeks back, we had Amber, one of Hamish's employees and colleagues uh, on the show to talk about cross leases. And we thought she did such a good job that would get Hamish in to talk about subdivisions. So Hamish, thanks for joining us on the show today. You're welcome. And we are talking about the fundamentals of subdivisions, which is something we haven't talked about in almost a year's worth of podcasts. So why don't you just walk us through for the uninitiated, what is a subdivision and who can usually do one? Okay, a subdivision is basically a form of dividing one parcel of land into two or more parcels and having titles issued for each. It can apply to residential, rural, commercial land and it can be done either fee simple, unit title or cross lease. We do everything ourselves from flat plan updates, two lotters, infills, multi-lot greenfield developments and large lifestyle developments and rural subdivisions. So you only need the one qualification to do the whole lot, but a lot of practices do specialise in various things. And what would be your most common? We're probably known as the infill specialists in Christchurch and Canterbury area, but in saying that, we're also doing a lot of greenfield stuff at Rolleston, Mm -hmm. you know, two or three hundred lots at a time. And then we've got a very strong rural base where we do a lot of rural stuff. So, And what about in Auckland? Auckland, largely concentrated on the cross-lease to fee simple change yes. of tenure, but we are doing, we do a bit with a couple of housing companies up there. We were working on infill, yes. where we're working with a subdivision engineer and these housing companies, and it's a totally different market than Canterbury. What, how does it differ? For a start, the council, they <laughs> are quite different than what we have down here. And different's a nice word for them, isn't it? Yeah, polite. That would <laughs> be a polite word. You need a big wallet in Auckland than you do down here. Well, fortunately, Aucklanders do. <laughs> or typically do. I can imagine for a property investor, it's quite an appealing proposition because now instead of one plot of land, you've got two properties essentially, which you can build or do something on. What sort of value uplift do you typically see for an investor who takes their plot of land, splits it into two and then can do something with it? How long is a piece of string on that one? There's a bit of a difference between property investors and property developers. Property investors look at more of a long-term thing and return on investment over a period of time, whereas a property developer wants to chop and run. Wants it now. Yep. And, you know, they buy, they chop, and they want to sell tomorrow. Whereas an investor, you know, they may shift a house on and then subdivide in three years' time, but in the meantime, they still get a rental return. So they are quite a different market, and they do look at different things. I've worked with a lot of investors who have bought properties, older properties, generally speaking, which are on larger plots of land, and then with maybe rezoning, they have had the ability to carve off some land off the back and then build something on there and sell that off or something like that, so you can kind of get the quasis, the in-betweens as well, right? Correct. And a lot of our client base, one-off developers we call them, they've got their family home which they've lived in for a while and they realise they can do something on the back, so they come to us and this may be the one and only job they ever do, Yes, subdivision they ever do. They might have lived there for 30 years and they're building a new one on the back for themselves and... And sell off the the old house. Sell the front or whatever, you know. That is a high bulk of our infill client base. And actually, just on that topic, following on from the last podcast that we did with Amber, uh, one of my clients is actually going through the process at the moment of taking their four properties on the one title, which I think we actually spoke about as well. And now he's dividing that and he's going to end up with Stratum and Freehold, I think, is going to be the end title. And he's going to have four separate titles for those units. Now, that total cost, sure he doesn't mind me sharing this, is about 25. I think they've been cost that, but it will significantly add value to the properties. But what it allows him to do is now sell off 
units individually rather than having to sell all four to one person. So it was a huge advantage from him. So it was great to see that in action after that show. So they'd also be able to leverage off each of them individually. Exactly. They value up much better. So if they're buying right. more properties and not selling them, it gives them a lot better leverage. And not only that, the bank will lend 80% rather than 70%, which they've been restricted to because of having four on one title is a much harder asset to sell. And so the banks don't lend as much on it. Yeah, and generally there's no development contributions if they're already established. Yes, yes, yes. There's no further demand on services. Yes. Yeah, huge savings in that department. And there's a lot of properties marketed for sale as blocks of three or four units, you know, from the 60s, 70s, 80s even, where, you know, great opportunity for someone to buy them and do the chop and... Do you do them yourself? I do more multi-lot or yes, smaller. Yes. And I keep out of town and away from our clients so we're not treating yes, on toes. Yes, 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 good point. Walk me through, Hamish, roughly what's the subdivision cost, ballpark? If you're in Christchurch and you've got a corner site and you're doing a two-lotter and you can use existing sewer and discharge stormwater to curb, you probably get out of it between 50 and 55k plus GST. Well, it's quite a bit of money, isn't it? Uh, t- nearly half that's development contribution, wow, so okay. cut that back in lawyers and lens and yes. council and drainage and but of course if, telecom. If you can sell that section then afterwards for a couple of hundred thousand dollars, now just bear in mind for anyone listening to this thinking, great, I've got some section at the back, I'm going to cut that off and sell it. Remember, that will cut down the value of what's remaining, so you do have to consider that when you're doing your, your numbers. So about $50,000 if you're in Christchurch. What yeah. about Auckland? If you're in Auckland, you wouldn't get a lot of change out of 180, 190k. Oh, hope you're sitting down for that one. That is steep. And so do a lot of your clients, if they're the one-off developer type sort of people, I imagine they don't have 190k lying around in cash. Are they leveraging off their properties in order to be able to pay those fees? Surprising what some people, particularly in Auckland, they have got set aside. There's an expectation up there that subdivision is going to be very expensive, whereas in Christchurch and Canterbury, you talk 50 grand and people just about fall over. But when you give them a breakdown of where all the money's going, and we only get a very small portion of it, time the council get their bit and land information, lawyers, it disappears pretty quick. And then the servicing, so... What are the factors that start to make that increase, that make up the bulk of it? Is it putting in new services, so your surge and your electricity, your water meters? Yeah, that, that is a reasonable amount. Development contribution is a very high percentage. You know, is it about 17 grand? Well, roughly? in Christchurch City, they can range from anything from around 20-ish up to mid-30s, but you get out some areas of sale and you get 40 grand. Yeah, you know, late 30s, 40 grand for development contributions. Is that for one one property? <laughs> one additional lot. Yeah, it starts adding up. So, you know, you've got to do your maths pretty carefully. Judging by you. Ed's face, he's not going to become a developer anytime soon. And actually, that's a really interesting point. You do get a lot of armchair developers that maybe think about these things. And then when you factor in all these extra costs, it's amazing how little margin can be left if you get it wrong. And so that's why you really need to use experts to get this part of it right to make sure that actually it is going to be a viable proposition, right? Give you a case study, actually. One of our staff members, he'd bought a property about five years ago worth 640k. It was already a rear site, so a new servicing would be a bit of an issue. And we went through the process to get new titles, including 50k in a new matching garage to match the front house. Bit of fencing and landscaping, tidying up. He did it at his own pace over 12 months. His overall expenses were 125k. He sold the front house for six seventy five. Sold the section for two seventy five. So overall of seven sixty five, and he sold both properties and got nine fifty back. So it was worth it for him, and it was his family home, and it enabled him to get into a better family home, tax free, as far as we know. <laughs> what was his profit in that one? I just didn't quite catch that. He sold the lot for nine fifty, the section yep. in the house, yep. and it cost him seven sixty five. 
So is their profitable about 185k in there? Yeah, so that's uh, not a bad. No, it's not bad at all. So it took him 12 months in total in order to be able to do that as well. Only because he did it at his own speed. I mean, we could have done the thing in six or seven months, but you know, he had a young family and it suited him to take it slowly. And but mm. not only that, the house front house resold for about another 60 grand six months later. So it's important to use the right agent too, just to <laughs> make sure you're getting the best out Absolutely. of it. Absolutely. Yeah, but the poor person who sold it, unless it was their main home, may have paid. Tax on that, depending on on what they'd done to it. Yes, no, sure. that was their family home as well. So yes, no okay. Tax. So they should have escaped that. <laughs> they should have, depending <laughs> on whether they got caught by one of the fish hooks we talked about just previously. And it's the opportunity that your colleague there took. Was it that that property had been rezoned at one point? So when no. he first bought it, that wasn't their opportunity. But then there was no. It's always been zoned that. It was a big site when he bought it, and at the time he thought he'd like a big garden and trimmed hedges and stuff. And he realised once he had little kids and stuff that. that is a pain in the butt. The trim hedges. Yeah. <laughs> trim hedges need trimming. Yeah. <laughs> what sort of size was the land before he actually undertook this, you know, roughly? Uh, about 1,400 and something, including oh, so the drive. So that's quite a big And he got a 555 off the back. Okay. That's and, really and good. And left the front on... Seven or eight hundred ish, and then uh, quite a wide driveway. And what, so. what area was it? This was in Christchurch? Yeah, Papano. Papano, I see yep. a good area. How do you know if your property is subdividable? There's three ways. You can go and talk to the council and get viewing advice, <laughs> <laughs> um, or you can look up the district plan yourself and miss bits, or you can come and see us. And so, how much does an initial consultation cost just to come and ring up and say, hey, can I actually check, carve some land off this? Is it a quick on the phone thing? That- no, we don't give consultations over the phone and we don't give ballpark quotes over yes. the phone. Yes. For a very good reason is that every property has its own little idiosyncrasies. Yes. And even survey-wise in Christchurch, you got earthquake damage to survey framework, which if you overpower by the river, it could cost considerably more than if yes. you're in a horn beyond the concrete. Yes. So we offer a free investigation and consultation Great. process. We will give, we'll look at the property and we'll give you a full proposal outlining all the costs involved and any fish hooks and any issues we can see. And if it's not subdivisible, we'll tell you. So with Christchurch, you know the, those things like different TC ratings and stuff like that on the land, I can understand. In Auckland, what are the fish hooks there that you get about? Stormwater drainage is one of the major issues in Auckland. Yes. You can't discharge the curb like you can down here. Basically right. down here, anywhere in Christchurch, if gravity's working your way, you whack a pipe into the back of the curb and away it goes. It'll be nice for gravity to work in my favour for once. Auckland, they don't want anything in the road. Right, and right. Parts of Auckland you can discharge to ground through volcanic rock. Other parts you can't do anything because it's a pug. So that is one of the major issues, but... Zoning-wise, basically every property in Auckland is developer of some form. Yes. Just because of your unitary plan and the rules. Some you need to do building commitment and build with the development, but I think the new unitary plan up there has basically opened it up so that most properties can have something done with them yes. somewhere or another, which is probably good because it's stopped a select number of developable properties yes. fetching huge prices when basically if that one's too dear, you just go next door and try the next fella. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it, it has had that spin-off effect and it's probably helping with the um, shortage of housing up there, which is still rampant. Absolutely. And tell me, just before we wrap up, Hamish, what role are land surveyors actually playing in a subdivision? What are the sort of tasks that you guys are doing? Well, basically, we do the whole thing. You can't do a subdivision without a surveyor. And if you go to a good outfit, they can take care of everything. So we are them. 
And I think selection of your consultant is important. You want someone you can relate to. Absolutely. Um, someone that's got experience, someone that's got knowledge, and someone that does the full package. Yes, absolutely. At the end of the day, the customer comes first. It's not hard to get people to do the technical stuff, but communication with the client and just making sure they're in the picture. A lot of people have never done it before. They're yes. in the dark. No one knows what a surveyor does. They yes. see standing on the side of the road with a tripod on one, what the heck they're doing. <laughs> you know, a kilometre away from where they're meant to be. And they wonder what, what the story is. So it's that side of it's technically easy if you've yes, got the skill, yes, but yes. to relate to people and make sure you're providing the service and communication, that's where we I try and step up and go that extra bit. The one-stop shop is a big positive because if you go to someone that you know can do the whole thing and then all of a sudden you're not paying one expert that then all of a sudden tells you your other expert can't do what they said they were going to do. Yeah. The other benefit as well is that when we're having these sorts of conversations, you're actually able to give a ballpark of what something costs, including all fees, Correct. because you run the whole process. Yes. And, and just to be clear, Hamish and Amber, they're not paying to be on the show. We haven't done that. We've got Hamish and Amber on because if oh, you hang Google... hang on a minute. Because <laughs> if you Google subdivision, Hamish is basically quoted in every article because you've been in the industry for how many years? 30-ish. A long time. Um, so it's really great that we've got experts in here who are able to talk with Plom about some of these things that Andrew and I aren't as involved with. Fantastic. Let's wrap it up there. But please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the show. It really does help us get the message out to more people. And hey, if you want to learn more about property with Andrew and I, why not check out our epic guide to property investment? This is a 16,000 word article, which we've got freely available on our website. I'm going to drop a link to that in the show notes, or you can actually just Google property investment. And it's actually the first thing that comes up after you scroll past the ads. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. I'm Andrew Nichol. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.